Welcome to ADI, Auto-Driven Artificial Intelligence, the podcast that shows you how to leverage the power of chat-based AI in your business. I'm your host, Laura Humley, and this is my co-host. Together, we'll explore this cutting-edge tool, its legal and ethical implications, and the delicate balance between human creativity and artificial intelligence. So buckle up and let's dive in. So interesting thing, in church on Sunday, we had the visitor pastor, right? Yeah. And it's something you and I talked about a little bit, but I just think it's, I hear it all the time. This is just the latest example of it. And it's, oh, I tried ChatGPT. I tried to use AI to write this and it was terrible. The results were terrible. Okay, so here's the problem. AI is only responding to you. And so if your prompt is not specific enough, then you're not gonna get a specific answer. You're gonna get a sucky answer. Yeah. And so all you're saying when you say that, it's like they're so proud that, that they AI couldn't write it. But there's they think, oh, AI couldn't write that. See, they did a, AI did a terrible job. Obviously. I'm so superior because I'm a human. And I can write that. Brr. But what they're actually saying is, I suck at communicating with AI. Yeah. They're Never actually hire saying, me. I suck. <laughs> Never hire me as a teacher is what they're saying. Well, not just that. They're like saying, I can't be more productive with this new tool. Well, there's that too. I refuse to be more productive with this new tool in my life. Yeah, because they're they, they're not learning. You know, we have to learn how to prompt the system. Sort of like if you bought a drill, right? And you were like, I like this drill. <laughs> yeah. It goes, right? And then you use it to hammer a nail in. It really sucks at that. Yeah. Or you're like, or you're trying to drill through wood and you use a drill bit that's for drywall. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this thing sucks. It broke, even broke my drill bit. See, this tool, the... I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah, it broke the drill bit. It, it, you split the wood. It's terrible. It's because you used the wrong part of the tool. Right. You know, you're using it wrong. Yeah. You know, and I think it is really just a communication thing. You know, you're not able to communicate with the robot for it to know what you're talking about. Exactly. And uh, so that's what we want to talk about is prompting the system. And we're right. going to do a whole series on prompting There's going to be a whole bunch system. of these. Yes. Yeah. And this first one, you had a really example. Well, because I have some specific examples that I can think of that aren't necessarily literary fiction related, but um, for character creation. Yeah, character development. Character development and character creation. For fiction writers, we're going to talk about how a fiction writer can use AI to enhance and spark ideas and, you know, just take that flow for character development. Yeah. And that's something that fiction writers do on the front end before they write so that they yeah. know who their people are. Yeah. So it's a good starting point. And actually, it's a good point. You know, we don't, you don't actually want to do character creation with the AI. I don't think. I think you want to do character development or maybe like fleshing out the character. But you have to have the character in mind yes. before you talk to the robot. Yeah, so exactly. My example is, um, I've talked about this before even, way back when AI was first starting, Friends used it he was like oh i wonder if i can do this to make a D character and a D character sheet so he just asked the robot to make a character it was really boring it's a really boring character and it felt very generic it's like like something you would make as a placeholder in something else or like in a in a fight or something you know some sort of it's not there wasn't a lot of substance to it you know it had a theme certainly it was a themed character and all the things in the theme matched up, but it was just very generic, right? And if he had used a, if he had thought of a character in his mind and made it more specific, like made more specific quests of the AI to 
like maybe flesh out what's their favorite food, what's a what's their favorite memory as a child, sort of thing. You know, because these are things you want in mind, not because they might be present in your story, but because it's good to know what the character is. Yeah, and so the idea here is that AI is only going to respond to the context you give it. And right. so you have to you want to have to give it some context clues yeah. or else it can't create a specific exciting pattern. See, because it mm -hmm. all AI is doing is searching patterns and coming up with a pattern for you. Yeah. Probably and, the first one it finds. And the first one it finds. But without those context clues, without having that in mind first of what you're basically going for, right? Uh, having a foundation of what you're going for, mm -hmm. it's going to have a terrible result. Right. And so, and this is the same thing for humans, actually. Okay, if okay. I ask a three-year-old to create a character, yeah. what kind of character is that three-year-old going to create? Is Wolfman. He is both wolf and man. Yeah. And or, he has super strength. Right. Or it's going to be someone from their favorite TV show. Right. And the the reason is that they don't have a lot of pattern schema they don't have cognitive structures in their mind for a variety of characters a yeah. variety of patterns of how people can be put together as yeah. a composite yeah it's like the the amount of things they have to customize the character with is limited because they haven't seen as many things you know now a human being when they develop can come up with a robust character right. because we are human beings and we are actually creative yeah we are actually creative where we can structure we can pull things together with nothing more than the simplest um spark of what we want yeah but ai is not creative ai is generative. compounding it's generative it's generating um information from patterns mm -hmm. that it already knows but we have to be the creators giving it the first clues for what we're looking for right. and this process so first of all, the human has to realize that they have to have an idea of what they want mm -hmm. going into the interaction with yeah. the AI. So you don't get to skip this step. You don't get to skip that step. You don't get, AI is not going to do it for you. No. And um, any more than... Nor do you want it to really no. because it's your book, right? Of course, right, exactly. So this is all good. This means that you are the creator of whatever is coming yeah. out of you that. You are the base layer. It's just that, you know, there might be... Um, for some people, there might be like patterns that are really interesting. Because I think another part of um, our creative aspect as humans is we have, we have tropes, right? We think of tropes, yes. right? Explain what a trope is. Uh, oh, sure. Trope is sort of like how a lot of uh, movies, right? The bad guy will steal the love interest. And then the good guy has to go and chase the love interest in order to save her and then defeat yes. the bad guy in the process, right? It's a trope. It's like a... You know, damsel in distress trope. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. Um, and and we have the recognition that something can be too tropey. Yes. Too much like everything else. And then we don't make that. We make something different about it. We, we change it slightly in some way. And then... And you know what that reminds me of? Mm -hmm. Is when someone is fluent in a language. Mm -hmm. So um, if... I'm a fluent English speaker, and mm -hmm. so I can tell extremely detailed, and so are you, we can tell extremely detailed nuances of the language and when they're slightly off. Right. And a non-native speaker won't 
necessarily recognize those exactly. things if they're not truly bilingual. Um, if they so, come into it as a second language. So like in in that regard, that's what AI is. AI is not a native human. No. It can work literally. with language. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a native human. And so it'll come up with some weird things too. And you're like, yeah, that can't really happen that's actually. Weird. Um, oh. That's a little weird. That's a beyond the, the um, what is it? Something um, disbelief. You have to. Suspension um, of suspension. disbelief. Suspension, yes. Oh God. Okay. Um, the suspension, yeah. The yeah. suspend your disbelief. Yes. It, it has a, um, a different idea of what suspended disbelief is. Or it's, sus it's suspension of disbelief is different from ours. Or it doesn't have one at all. Right. That might be the all difference. All it has is what's Everything programmed. is disbelief to now, it, to be in honest. In 10 years, it may have much more of a, a sense of I have what no idea. I don't even want to know. <laughs> I, I, I want to be surprised. <laughs> you will be. We uh -huh. all will be. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's an amount, there's an amount of that because, you know, if you make a character that is both, like, very sensitive but very, I don't know, if you get a confliction yeah that ruins your suspension of disbelief sort of thing, right you know? where you're like that just can't happen i can't happen like that's not yeah. that's not a thing a character could yeah do. i forget what i was writing something um and i was talking to ai and it came up with something like that so when that happens you're like okay that can't happen and you can just tell you can just tell it yeah you know okay that this is great i always tell it it's doing a good job okay yeah and so this is great, but this part isn't believable. Yeah. And then um, tell it tell it that it's doing a good job unless it unless it somehow spectacularly fails. I would say. Well, I mean, even then you say, well, this isn't quite what I was going for. Be nice to it. Be nice. Be nice. We've talked about that before. Yeah. So in the character development, so we know that you have to have an idea going in, and mm -hmm. then you want to give it some context clues. I mean, I would guess three to five context clues would be helpful. That's a good start. Yeah. And the context clues can be this is for a Dungeons and Dragons game. Right. So, That's a context clue because right. there's a whole set of patterns. This is out a there. horror novel. Yes, exactly. He has a tragic backstory. But don't say that one because that one has a lot of very um generic patterns, a lot of tropiness in the tragic so? backstory. Well you can always try it and see what happens. You can, of course you can try you can it. You try and see what you happens. Can, you guys should be trying everything anyway. Exactly. So you try it, you see what happens, you grab it, copy and paste it into a document, keep what you like, change it. Yeah. You know, this and work with thing. what you like. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's the way to go about that character development. It's not, um, it can be a way to generate ideas and backstory. And sometimes, honestly, that stuff is really boring. Like it's really, for me, Whoa. it's so tedious to just come up with all these details about Whoa. my characters. I'm like, oh, yeah. I just want to write. Yeah. And it's not going to be in the book anyway. Yeah. So it feels like, it feels very like. Why am I writing all of this down if it's not even going to be in the book? You can use it for marketing, but that's a whole different conversation. Right. And then the whole the other nice thing about interacting with the AI is it's very interactive. And so yeah. as a human being, interacting like it's more fun. You're kind it's of brainstorming with the robot. Yes. Yeah. To brainstorm with the robot. Like I've asked it, what do you think that this person, you know, this villain, um, what do you think their quirk should be? Yeah. Right. Because it's what's great their, in character what's their development weirdness? to have quirks. Yes. Yeah. What's their fatal flaw sort of thing? Yeah. And the quirks, and then I, I'll, with a quirk of a villain, I'll often direct, um, I'll often choose a quirk that's actually positive because and now AI is going to immediately go to a negative quirk. 
for oh, a villain. Right. But if you give a villain a positive quirk, then that's interesting. It's interesting. Sort of like how the Joker always pays his taxes. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And with um, with a positive quirk, it's it's interesting. And again, we're coming back to that fluency and humanness. Right. That the AI wouldn't be able to to do that unless we prompted it to do that. Yes, because it, you know, as humans, we know that each person, as egregious as they may seem, is still a human being. Yes. So there are, there is a good portion in them. Well, somewhere. and if you hate them too much, if they have it's no boring. redeemable, and, and you just hate them so much that you can't even, like for me, I can't even tolerate like reading about them. Re yeah, can't. you're just like, I just, why why can't we deal with this already sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I just want to skip over that part because right. Sometimes. they make me so mad. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that, or they're boring. Mm -hmm. Like you said, yeah. what what helped? So when your friend coming back around to that, when yeah. your friend was using AI to generate some character character characters. creation yeah. characters, what worked? So one thing that because um, he did do this with a couple of them, and he had them all in like a party or something, right? I think with the different characters all being placed together, the AI did a better job of it. Of like having more interesting characters. Like the first one was super generic. The second one was a little bit more interesting. And then I think the thing, third one was kind of like similar to the first one, but not quite. So it was already doing sort of that that process that um, writers do of, you know, have something, then do something a little bit different. You put like a little bit of a twist on it. Yeah. Right? You have to, it's all about modification, right? Um, but so it would be helpful. Part of the context clues then would be put them in a the scene. relationships. Put them in a scene. Put them in a scene. Yeah. Put them in a scene. Uh -huh. And then, you know, uh, you could even, uh, I just thought of this, um, have a couple of characters in the scene and then say, now have character A or be talking with character B and have a, a in, like an interesting thing or like something you wouldn't expect revealed through the dialogue right and in the then, scene right. to the robot and then the robot would write something that would be revealed i don't know yeah that's a good that that is but as far as prompting goes you're going to say we, we in the original right? prompt yeah right so you're going to have like okay um you have a D, D character and i don't know anything about D, &D so um you have a D, D character this is a like human he's a cleric he belongs okay. to um a good a neutral good faith as a cleric sort of thing that's three good. that's three things um he where is, is he? an adventurer because i feel like you should always give motivation ah, for character prompts that's a good idea because so, if yeah. you ask it to come up with motivation i don't know even how you would manage to fit that into the book unless you're like writing a side character of some sort right yeah so you want to give it give ai the motivation yeah what motivates them and then Maybe a background clue, like a background somewhere, like where they came from. Yeah. You could do a background. You could do a background. You could do... Uh, if you have a quirk in mind, you could do the quirk in mind sort of thing, but I feel like... Yeah, you might. And you could also have... You could do the original, like create a character that has these with this context. Right. And then and you can add context onto it. Yeah, exactly. Then you yeah. can say, well, what do you, what kind of a um, quirk do you think that this cleric would have, and make make sure that this quirk is different from what you would expect from a cleric. Right. And that, see, that is what is going to help AI figure out what to do because it's 
you're prompting it to come up with something different from the expectation. Because right. AI is pattern-based, it's going to go for what's expected. It knows all the expectations. Right. So then you want something different from expectations, and it can do that. It can. And then it, it can find things that are, I, I think, it can probably find things that are um, within expectation but not unbelievable. Right. And if they are exactly. unbelievable, you just have it regenerate the response. Exactly. Like, wait a second. That was, it was a little bit too... Yeah, it's a little bit too out there. My, my belief has been disinvent to... Right. Has been suspended. This cleric can time travel. Not not this not, time. Not really. Thank you. <laughs> this cleric keeps trying to heal people after they've died. Now that's interesting. <laughs> okay. That's like a character arc into a necromancer, right? Right. Or that's like a cleric that or if that's his greatest desire is to learn how to heal people. Yeah, from the died. dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well and um I've I've seen this before, so it's not hundred percent original, but like there's like um necromancers who are just clerics who are terminally late 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 because the person's already dead <laughs> and they're like oh no he's already gone doctor no no i've got this <laughs> yeah right they are not punctual not punctual <laughs> not even slightly um but you know yeah, and so it's... that would be a way to do that and then you just add on from that and you select this not that and yeah. um keep informing it and it one of the things that I find with prompting too, and I'll just reiterate this because I've said in other episodes, is that you want to remind AI of what it's read. And so you put that in the prompt. Oh, yeah. As you get further down the thread, reminding it of where it's come from. You can even do a prompt to say, would you please reread everything in this thread? And then I'd like to prompt and then, and that and works then for you? do this. And that way, it doesn't forget. Right. Because it does kind of forget, I've noticed. Yeah. Like, it'll take it into account, but it kind of forgets if you put if you have a long thread going. Yeah, I, I've heard that before. And that's an interesting that it, it's able to then take the context of the entire previous thread. As much of it as can. I don't really, I can't guarantee that it's all of it, but, because I can't tell. But here's the thing, right? Like It seems to. It seems to, which means it's taking what is actually important for it right because like obviously the you know chat gpt is like a transliteration of us to robot yeah robot to us right you know? and machine code it or you know whatever it's speaking in is way shorter it's sort of like um the information density difference between chinese and english yeah chinese you can get a whole sentence out in like five characters yeah you know, so and there's English like English should be twenty five words. Exactly. And you know, there's an amount of like confusion that happens from that, you know, that's a very tonal language. There's actually maybe more than five characters if you took into all the dialectal dialectical stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. But well, but the, um So I think it's just really interesting that it can do that because it means that it's speaking in a more information dense version. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Another thing that I was gonna say about the prompting is that if you keep a doc file open with what you've kept, yeah. then if it still seems to be losing the thread, if you've been going on for a while, mm-hmm. you can take that summary, put it into ChatGPT as a summary, saying, like, let's recap. Here's the recap. Mm-hmm. Now here's the next prompt. Yeah. And that can help um, create some really fun stuff. Yeah. And then... giving it tone is another context clue. Is it going to be suspenseful? Yeah. Right. Is it going to be humorous? It's not as good at humor, but it's not terrible. 
that's what that's what I mean by like uh, giving it the genre. Like this is a horror novel. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. This right, is a very exactly. tense moment between two characters, and you know, sort of. Thing. Well, that would be for yeah for developing the scene, or which you we could, will do next time. Or actually, next time. so here's an idea, right? If you have a character already, right, and you're trying to make a foil. That would be oh, very yeah. easy with ChatGPT. You you can be like, here's George is the hero of our story, uh-huh. and we need his rival. Yeah, he needs to foil George, not perfectly. Right, Steve. Steve, yeah, he needs to rival Steve, but not not perfectly, obviously. But he needs to be, you know, there needs to be conflict. They're very tense. They've known each other for a long time, sort of thing. Well, if you if you have a developed character and you ask it to develop a foil, it will just do that. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll come out fine. I, I should try this when I get home. But, yeah, you um, should try it. Yeah, I think everybody be, should try it. Yeah. It'll be fun. Everyone should try it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and especially because foil is such a specific term. Yeah. Specificity right. exactly. is with ChatGPT and AI. Mm-hmm. Being specific about what you, what you want. All of the, you know, people always think, oh, why is it so much worse than at chatting than it is at art? You know, because all the art ones, they're really good at making, like, um, a specific style, if you've noticed. Hmm. Like the Da Vinci now and stuff like that. Well, it's probably just that the prompting isn't that great. So prompting for the art is, um, it doesn't require as much nuance or sophistication in the human prompting the system. And the context for those AIs is so much smaller. Yeah. Because it's like, mm-hmm. draw me this character in a Disney style. Right. It knows what Disney looks like. It's right. looking at that. How do I Disneyfy it? And that's why sometimes it's helpful to even put an author's name, right? The I want a character. Oh, yeah. Um, I want my D&D character to be uh, like in the tradition of Emily Bronte, you know, Wuthering Heights. That would oh. be interesting. I don't, I don't think I've read Wuthering Heights. Did I not? Yeah, you didn't read I don't that? think you forced me to do no? that. No? Or like Frankenstein by... by oh, um, I, I did like Frankenstein. Yeah, Mary Shelley. The, the thing about Frankenstein's monster is he was really well-spoken. I know. <laughs> like, none in of the, the movie... Original book. Yeah, in the original book. None of the movies like kind of indicate that. He was really well-spoken. Mm-hmm. No, the book is very interesting. So mm-hmm. weird. I was like, oh, he's not just like... Mm-hmm. You know, he had like really deep emotional... Frankenstein is actually kind of like our first, uh, not ex machina, but like, you know, sort of yes. like created human, you know, mm-hmm. guess we've been doing this for a long time, like thinking about it. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADI, Author Driven Artificial Intelligence. We hope that our discussion has inspired you to embrace the incredible potential of chat-based AI in your work. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share ADI. To learn more about how to leverage author-driven AI in your business, visit our website at adiproductivity.com. Until next time, keep exploring and get ahead of the curve with chat-based AI.